From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The October 4th municipal election in Juneau is fast approaching. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr explained on the KINY Morning Show how you can return your ballot. We have vote centers, one uh, downtown at City Hall and one in the Valley. Uh, those vote centers are open weekdays. Um, the downtown one, 8 to 4.30, Valley Library, 10 to 6. Uh, Valley Library also open on Saturday from 12 to 4. And then both of those vote centers are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Election Day, October 4th. Drop boxes are also available, or you could vote by mail. You can also drop your ballots off at drop boxes. We have one in Oak Bay at the Statter Harbor Boat Launch parking lot, and another one in Douglas at the library uh, fire station combined building. And then the third way you can do it is you can return your ballots uh, via the mail via the United States Postal Service. Um, we, we really recommend that if you do that, you uh, go into the post office and get, uh, get a postal worker to hand cancel it and put a legible date. Uh, legible uh, postmark date on that ballot so that it can be counted. That's that's an issue that we ran into a little bit last year. Uh, all, all of those things are supposed to be postmarked, but um, like everywhere else, post office is struggling with uh, with staffing. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr. A group has formed in Juneau urging voters to vote no on Proposition 4. Prop 4 is asking Juneau voters on whether to repeal the city's mandatory disclosure ordinance. A yes vote would repeal disclosures. A no vote would keep it in place. Chair of No on 4, Jay Nelson, was on action line. He said the group formed as a response to the group advocating a yes vote. Nelson said information from disclosures would help possible home buyers and sellers. Without information on um, uh, the public information about property sales, you're we're kind of in a, a situation where the only people with the information are the realtors. There are 3 million people in the United States with real estate licenses, 3 million, all of whom have access to the information of, of the sale of my house if I sell it through the multiple listing service. So it's not exactly um, private if 3 million other people can get access to it. I can't, however, find out what the sale price of uh, houses in, in Juneau are. 3 million other people can. So um I think that the public really needs to have access to that information, just like in 40, uh, 39 other states, actually. And it helps people keep um, uh, aware of you know, prices. And also, if they're selling or buying a house, it gives them the information they might need to get a fair price. He was asked to address the concern that the disclosures are an effort to increase tax revenue from the city. He said there has been no discussion of that in the Assembly. There are lots of ways the city can raise money. Um, this is not the intention of this proposal. The proposal is to make a- accurate, fair assessments of properties so that people are paying the right amount. Right now, you know, the, the, it's pretty much well understood that business property and high-end properties are underassessed because there are fewer transactions and more difficult to determine the value, and which means lower-end properties are overassessed, which means people in the lower and middle spectrum of housing are paying more than their share and people at the upper end are paying less. So I believe that if the city has better information, they can e- equalize that a bit. Chair of No on Four, Jay Nelson. There, are, there will be a post-Ironman meeting with organizers and Travel Juno. Executive Director Liz Perry was asked on Action Line what she hopes to convey to them at the meeting. She spoke to logistical considerations. We want to make sure that organizers have the community's best interest in mind as they are putting together changes to any of the routes, uh, putting together changes to logistics. You know, where should flaggers be? Who should, who should those flaggers be, for example? Um, we want to uh, take care of the traffic hiccups that we 
we experienced, um, even though most were fairly short-term, uh, and that is in the best interest of the athletes and the community as well. We want to keep the athletes safe, make sure they're having a great experience. Perry said that with Juno successfully holding the an Ironman event, word could get out about the community. It's hard to deny the impact of having an internationally recognized brand come into town and and successfully have an event here, uh, for which their athletes were extremely happy. So that word of mouth is worth a lot to Juno. Uh, people just expressing what a great time they had, the things that they did. Families that I talked to during the course of the week were coming up and saying, okay, we've have we've done a whale watch, we've done some hiking, we have visited the state museum. Here are some other things we're interested in doing. Can you help us out? So they weren't just here for Iron Man. They were not just here for Iron Man at all. And it's our understanding that average stay in town was seven days and upwards of ten. Perry provided details about next year's race and some of the race after that. We will hold um, the next event, 23, will be, I believe that's August 6th. It will also be on a Sunday. And the date for the 24 race has not been announced yet, but it will be announced um, probably late this summer, summer 23. And our job is to uh, help them Again, make sure that they have everything that they need, uh, have a big debrief after each one of these races, and decide what's ahead for Juno uh, in the upcoming years. So 24 will be the end of the initial three-year contract, and we'll take a, a really deep dive after that and decide how best to proceed. Travel Juno's Liz Perry. United Way of Southeast Alaska is holding its fourth Day of Caring today in Juneau. Day of Caring is an event where local nonprofit agencies offer up a service project to be completed. Wayne Stevens spoke to News of the North about the event. It's, it's an opportunity for an organization to get a little work done. It's an opportunity for uh, a business to send a team of folks out to do a little team building to um, learn a little bit more about each other that you wouldn't learn in the office, perhaps. Stephen said there's a handful of projects planned for Juno today. We'll be doing the Day of Caring uh, here, uh, and we have, I think, six or seven projects and seven or eight companies, organizations offering up help, and it's just an idea of the, um, the, the bridge, uh, adult daycare, uh, the, the Hub International insurance team is going to go over there and do some yard work and fall cleanup for their um, aware. Uh, True North is going to do some work over there. Uh, the AmeriCorps group will be helping JEDC with some of their Lego equipment, getting it organized. Um, Catholic Community Services has a loan closet for their uh, services, and uh, Warren Russell and the team from First Command are going over there. He said previous years was waylaid by the pandemic. United Way has an area of responsibility that runs from Yakutat to Metlakatla. And so in 2019, we did projects in four communities, uh, Juneau, Sitka, Ketchikan, and Petersburg. And we had, I think, 115 employees donate 400 hours of uh, service. And we haven't done the program for the last couple of years due to obvious concerns with health, and uh, this year we're sort of easing back into it. So, we Wayne Stevens of United Way. The investigation of Angela Rodell's firing was taken up by a legislative committee. We'll have details, though, after the break. An investigation was ordered by a committee of the Alaska legislature after former Permanent Fund CEO Angela Rodell 
alleged political retribution was involved in her firing. Attorney Howard Tricky was one of the lawyers retained by the legislature to investigate Rodell's termination. We found that the trustees reached a consensus decision that they have lost confidence in the executive director's leadership. The trustees who voted to terminate had separate and independent reasons uh, for why they supported termination, and we lay out with respect to each trustee both the facts and the thinking and the reasoning that uh, they testified to uh, that supported their decision to vote for termination and why it is that they viewed that they no longer had the confidence in her leadership to move forward. So that's one general uh, sort of ultimate factual conclusion that we reached. Tricky said the trustees, however, did not follow the proper procedures in reviewing Rodell's employment. What we found is that the trustees did not follow their own charter provisions with regard to the process for evaluating the executive director and the criteria that they used. They did have a process that they followed. They did have an evaluation instrument they used, but it was not the one that uh, under their own governing documents um, uh, applied to this position. Governor Dunleavy did not orchestrate the firing of Rodell. A special investigation concluded. Lastly, we found that there was no, there was no direct or credible circumstantial evidence that the executive branch or the governor exerted any undue influence on the trustees with regard to the decision they made to terminate. Um, there was no prior communications between uh, the trustees and the governor uh, regarding their, um, pr- their decision to terminate. Uh, the governor's uh, uh, office had no impact or influence on the decision. This year's vote on an Alaska Constitutional Convention has the potential to influence the availability of abortion here, the future of the permanent fund dividend, and dozens of contentious issues on a variety of subjects. According to the Alaska Beacon, despite the importance of the upcoming vote, political donors have thus far stayed away. According to the latest available campaign finance reports, groups advocating a convention and those opposing it have raised less than $1 million combined. While observers suggest that figure will rise in the remaining six weeks before the election, it's an unusually low number. Juno Senator Jesse Keel is one of the most vocal opponents to a constitutional convention. He spoke to News of the North about it this week. Alaska does not need a constitutional convention, and especially Southeast does not. Uh, Back in the 50s, we had a lot of folks from coastal Alaska, and they barely kept the capital in Southeast Alaska. If we had a convention today there would be a whole lot fewer delegates from coastal Alaska. And it would start with a capital move before they moved on to your rights. Keel said a better way to change the Constitution is through the amendment process. We have a way to amend the Constitution to fix problems uh, like the dividend uh, and and other little things. Uh, We've done it 20-some times very carefully. But if you open it up to a total rewrite, there will be a capital move we can't undo. And, and who knows what else. There will be a lobbyist from every organization you can think of, the ones you like and the ones you can't stand, trying to just change a little something. We may not recognize our state afterwards. Juno Senator Jesse Keel. AARP released gubernatorial candidate statements to see where candidates stand on key issues for 50-plus voters. 
They were asked, as governor, how would you improve retirement savings or savings options for hardworking Alaskans? Governor Mike Dunleavy spoke to inflation's impact. Certainly inflation is a concern for all of us, especially our seniors that are on fixed incomes. This is why this year we pushed for the highest dividend in the history of the state of Alaska, $3,300 per person, which is almost $300 per month. This is going to help all Alaskans, especially our seniors, be able to get through some of these high inflationary periods. Again, we're going to be looking at how to lower the cost of energy here in the state of Alaska. We'll keep working on how to lower the cost of food as we, as we become more food secure and produce our own food here in Alaska. All these approaches in the end will have the impact, the effect of making a dollar go longer for our seniors and reducing inflation on our seniors as well. Former lawmaker Les Gara urged for the return of pensions. I've always believed in a pension for people. Um, when this state came in to end pensions for state employees and city employees and public employees and teachers and firefighters and police, what you just did was for the last 20 years eliminated a pension system that gives people a way to retire securely. I believe in pensions so people can retire securely. I voted for pensions so people can retire securely. Those things are very important to me. Uh, this governor has opposed that. Um, um, I am the only candidate in this race who has, as a legislator, tried to bring a pension back to people uh, because that is how people can afford to retire in security, in comfort, without wondering where the next where the next check is going to come from to pay for food or rent or even a gift for a grandchild. We need to treat seniors and retirees with dignity. Former Governor Bill Walker addressed cost of living. You know, the retirement savings uh, for hardworking Alaskans need to be need to be protected in such a way that they can re- afford to remain in our state. Our inflation has hit Alaska like no other state, and we need to make sure that our cost of living is reduced so that seniors on a fixed income are able to remain in, in Alaska. One of the best ways we can do that is reduce our cost of energy. We should have the lowest cost energy in the nation, not the highest cost. We have a plan to do that and do that on, a, on an immediate basis. So Alaskans shouldn't have to look uh, to other states for a, a, uh, a place of residence at this point in their life. They want to stay where they've, they've lived, where their loved ones are, where their grandchildren are, perhaps their great-grandchildren. So it's a matter of bringing down the cost of living, and we will, we will address that immediately upon being in office. Audio of responses are courtesy of AARP. Friends of the Flags will remove the U.S. state flags along Egan Drive between 10th Street and Marine Way this Sunday beginning at 7 a.m. Residents should expect temporary right lane closures as the group removes flags from the light poles and are asked to exercise caution along Egan between 10th Street and Marine Way during Sunday morning. Starting October 7th, the Triangle Bar will host a fundraiser that includes a silent auction for the Alaska state flag and collecting donations for the other state flags. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.